You're listening to the Eastside Church Sermon Podcast Series. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, inclusive, and justice-oriented. We are thrilled that you found our podcast, and if you'd like to learn more about our community, visit our website at eastsideatl.org. As we think of the blessing of God's grace flowing into the sanctuary, because each of us are here, let us hear these words from our biblical text that I think will help us walk and wrestle and and just kind of be okay sometimes living in the midst of all the stuff that is happening. It says, after eight days, his disciples were again in a house and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. Look at your hands, put them into my side. No more disbelief. Thomas responded to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Jesus replied, do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing you will have life in his name. Family, continue to walk with us this morning as we walk through and wrestle with the idea of life in his name. Let us pray. God, thank you for grace, mercy, and love. Thank you for favor and peace that abounds. Thank you for mercy that shows up when we're praying for it and shows up when we don't expect it. Just thank you, God, for being who you are and for enwrapping us and enfolding us into your kingdom, for enwrapping us and enfolding us into your kingdom so that we might know that we belong to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. As always, I love to walk into this moment thanking certain people, thanking our AV team, um, thanking our hospitality team who, in the midst of preparing coffee, ran into some technical difficulties, so they literally ran out, not ran out, they drove out, and got some coffee, so that folks who wanted to have that that experience could have it. Um, I want to thank our music team. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise for them? And as we think about all of the others who we want to give a hand of praise for. There's a special group of people I always like to thank in advance, and I'm going to thank them when they walk in because we have some folks who are in the Kids Collective, and I'm sure the energy is bouncing in the Kids Collective. So can we give the Lord a hand of praise in advance for them? And so we walk into this moment really walking right out of baptism into this moment um, 
Our sermon will be a little bit abbreviated this morning. This part of the sermon will be a little bit abbreviated. And the reason I say that this part of the sermon is being abbreviated because we've been experiencing the sermon already. As we walked in and we experienced the wonderful profession of faith, the wonderful testimony of God's grace that we've all been a part of because of Riley's baptism. I just ask that whenever, whenever, wherever, whomever, we experience those kinds of moments together, to always, yes, baptism is one of our sacraments, Yet baptism is also one of the boldest professions of God's grace touching our lives that we can be a part of and witness. Because see, life in his name has already been declared over Riley's life. Now, all of us at different points arrive at that point of declaration of life in Jesus' name, life in Christ's name, life where all that God is is, is manifesting in our journeys. And, and, and I love when I think of even just the, the Hebrew concept of name, the Hebrew concept of name, the word nefesh, meaning soul, but this also this idea of the soul not simply being an intangible experience that we just kind of have in the mental realms, but this idea of soul and body being intimately connected, that that which you experience is in your soul is going to manifest in your bodily existence, going to manifest in the way you walk, the way you talk, how you show up, how we show up. And so when we hear this idea of life in his name, let us not simply think about it of ending prayers with the cursory idea of in the name of Jesus. Because name from a Hebrew perspective also indicates character. And it indicates this in, inner experience of, of who we are and who we can even be. So life in his name, molding us, shaping us, helping us see ourselves, maybe even the way that God sees us. And so this text that we read of Thomas needing to have an experience with God where the text says that when the Lord walked into the room, he said, Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Just prior to this, the disciples had told Thomas, hey, he's back. Hey, he's risen. Hey, what, what was prophesied came to pass. And Thomas very plainly made the statement, I won't believe unless I can put my fingers into his hands and put my fingers into his side. And oftentimes when we see that move in the text, it's, it's interesting, this phrase of doubting Thomas has accompanied 
Thomas in biblical history. And it's interesting when I hear that phrase, because I just think about everyday life. Now, I'm going to ask it this way, and I think folks from this state won't mind me asking it this way, because I've heard so many people say it. How many Missouri people do we have in the room? <laughs> Missouri has this playful moniker of being the show me state. Okay, so how many show me folks do we have in the room? Oh, look at the honesty on the first pass. Okay, let me put it this way. How many folks do we have in the room that need to see it up close to believe, to believe it? Yeah, I'll take some folks' words, but I need to see it in action. How many folks do we have in the room like that? All right, okay. I, I thought a few more hands would go up. It's interesting because I have to ask it one more way. How many of us when our parents told us, because I said so, we still asked, why? <laughs> okay, look at, look at the hands in the room went up even more. Okay, okay. So question that I pose then, and I've always wondered this, and I might be telling it on myself with why I wonder this. Why, why was Thomas, or why is he kind of cast in this light because he simply just needed some proof. Because he simply needed to see. Because he was the person who wants to peel the layers back and understand a little bit more before being able to jump off into belief. Now, I might be telling on myself a bit because I, I do have a kind of, okay, there's a part of me that's like walk on water, like Peter, like, okay, let's just go. But then there's also the part of me that I'll get out on the water and start saying, how am I out on this water? Like, and then, if you remember the story, Peter starts to sink down. <laughs> so I can identify with Thomas in so many ways of just saying, okay, I hear y'all, and I really want to believe each of you, but I just need a little bit more. It may be that Thomas was in one of those moments where he just needed some help in his unbelief. Because sometimes even in the face of a miracle, and folks are saying it happened, it can be a little bit hard to embrace the idea that it happened. And see, and I say this because I don't think what happened in our text to Thomas is uncommon. And the reason I know it's not uncommon, because, goodness, I just had 40 people in the room just raise their hands and tell me it's not uncommon. That you in your own ways identify with Thomas. We in our own ways identify with Thomas. And you know, I mean, Thomas walked with Jesus. Thomas talked with Jesus. Thomas broke bread with Jesus. Thomas engaged in world-changing ministry with Jesus, but the grand specter of Jesus' death really was pushing his imagination to the limit. I mean, the weight of seeing dreams of change come crashing down over a short span of time. I mean, in a three-day span, everything that he'd been moving towards for the past three years, all of a sudden, 
changed. And so I don't find it hard to imagine why after Thomas seeing Jesus treated like a spectacle and being tossed away like a spectacle made it hard to believe in Jesus' resurrection. But I thank God for the power of testimonies. I thank God for those who when they have the divine encounters with the Lord, there are those life-changing encounters. I thank God that they are inspired to run and tell the story. Let's think back, let's think back. Mary encountered the Lord, and the Lord said, run and tell the story. We had a couple of other disciples who were at the tomb who encountered the angel that said he is risen. They saw the, the stone rolled away. The angel said, run and tell the story. They ran and they told the story. In another one of our texts um, in, in, in the gospel, we, we have this, this experience called the Emmaus experience where we had two disciples on the road to Emmaus, on the road to Emmaus, after Jesus was resurrected, they, they encounter this person whom they think is a stranger. They walk with the stranger and talk with the stranger, and it's like, oh my God, we feel like we know the stranger, like we've met him before. And then they get to the point where they, they sit down in a house and they break bread. And all of a sudden, their eyes are opened. And they realize that it was the Lord with them all the time. And I love what happens in the text because before they broke bread, they were talking with Jesus. Now, they couldn't recognize Jesus and Jesus' splendor yet. They, they hadn't recognized, and they were talking to him about all the stuff that had happened. And they asked, didn't you hear what happened? How they crucified our Savior and how people didn't believe and how he died. And, but the scriptures say that he's going to be resurrected, but we hadn't seen it yet. And then they break bread and their eyes are opened. And they run and they tell the story, the power of testimony. And so they're gathered together and they're telling the story. And Thomas hears the story. And Thomas says, I won't believe until I see him for myself. And so the next week they're gathered in the same room Jesus appears, and I will admit this is the Pastor T translation, not the New Revised Standard translation, or the CEB. But Jesus appears, and in my spiritual imagination, I can hear Jesus also say to Thomas, I heard you. I heard you. I heard your need to see me. And so I showed up so you could see me. I heard your need to not only touch me, but to be touched by my presence. So I showed up so you could be touched by my presence. Thomas, I heard you. And I submit today, for those of us who think 
that God is not listening and that God is not hearing. I am testifying that God hears you. Testifying that God sees you. Myron and Catherine were testifying that God sees them and hears them. Therefore, God sees Riley and hears Riley. Each of you who gather to support grandparents, friends, godparents, you are testifying. See, see what I'm saying? You see? see? Now, y'all see I was not making it up. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes, you are perfecting praise. And that's not me just trying to take that moment. I just truly believe the Spirit of God is here now saying that I hear all of you. So bring your doubts, bring your confusions, bring what you think are your answers, lay them before my hands. You touch me, I touch you so that you can understand this precious gift of life in my name. It's life in his name. It's life in the name of Jesus that brings about the moments of understanding where we recognize that even when the darkness of death on the cross seems to loom larger than life, it is the resurrected life of the one who came down from the cross but was resurrected in all power that actually brings about the change, the hope, the love, the community, the grace that becomes our testimony. You know, that text ends by saying that the reason all of these things happen, plus all of these other things we can't even put in the text, and so that those who did not see, those who did not walk hand in hand with the Lord, yes, Riley, thank you, those who are dependent upon recognizing that they are progeny of the Lord by the testimony of others, these things are here so that those who did not see will have the gift of believing and walk in the kind of grace that gifts us all with having life in his name. You have life in his name. You have life in his name. You have life in his name. We have life in his name. And it is that life that transforms us and brings us home to being children of God who can, give all, who can give God all the praise, the honor, and the glory. And family, today, that is my story. And I'm sticking to it. And there's nothing anybody can do to make me not believe it. And I hope there's nothing anybody can do to make you not believe it. God bless you. Good morning, church. If we haven't met before, my name is Brooke Vore, and I get the honor of leading us in our prayers this morning. 
I don't know about you, but Easter already feels like a month away for me. Like you probably couldn't pay me enough to convince me that it was only last week. And so I love Holy Week. I love Easter. Um, I love sitting in the contemplation and the reflection and the weight of my sin and then the worship and the rejoicing of the resurrection. And so this morning, I'd love just to sit a little bit longer in Easter. I love that our flowers and our cross are still at the back and our table is still the way that it was last Sunday. And so if you're willing, I'd love to just sit in Easter a little bit longer. And I'd love to read a prayer from this book. Um, I think Rachel has read from it before, but it's um, To Light Their Way. It's a book of prayers and liturgies for parents, but um, I think it is more than just for parents. And so um, I'd love to lead us in this Easter prayer this morning. O resurrected, risen King, we praise you on this morning with glad and grateful hearts, eager to shout your glory. Death could not hold you, sin could not destroy you, for you are God and worthy of every praise. O Jesus, you continue to make a way where there is no way. As we celebrate your resurrection power, we pray for our family, we would sing and dance in the promise that we are Easter people and we have a living hope in you. May this community here at Eastside bask in the truth that you have conquered sin and death and may that living hope spill into all we do, all we meet and all that we are. Lord, you know us by name and you do not forget us or forsake us. May we as your children proclaim your goodness and may we feel your graciousness shine upon our faces like the spring dawn breaking through. In the empty tomb, we are given life, life abundant, and everything else pales in comparison to you. O Prince of Peace, we celebrate on this day as we eat together around tables. May we remember those that are lonely, those that have none to feast with or share their table with. As we gather around tables, may we remember those who cannot afford to fill their cupboards. As we gather around tables, may we remember those whose lives have been marked by violence. As we gather around tables, may we pray for those who are unsafe in sharing their faith. As we go out into the world, may this Eastside family live in a way that proclaims the good news. Good news for the poor, good news that sets the captives free. Oh God, the tomb could not hold you. Fill our family with a love that is shared between us, that is freely given to everyone we meet. The earth declares your glory. All of creation praises your name. And our hearts cry out, hallelujah. We praise you, O Lord, as we throw off the sin and the shame of yesterday. Let us dance in the promise of the new morning, of today and tomorrow and forevermore. I now invite you into a personal time of silent prayer and confession. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us when we were yet sinners and that proves God's love for us. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. I now invite you here in the sanctuary or in our online community to show uh, pass the peace. Friends, uh, good morning. Um, 
If we haven't met, my name is Dave Logeman. Um, it's been really good to be with each of you in worship this morning. Um, I give thanks for this place and for everybody who's here for this moment um, where we, Katie's telling me to lift the microphone up higher. Thank you, Katie Farmer. Um, it's good to be with y'all this morning. Um, I stand before you this morning uh, in my capacity as the chair of SPR, the Staff Parish Relations Committee. Um, I've had the honor and the privilege of serving in this role since January of this year. Um, and it's in this capacity that I have some important news uh, to share with our church this morning. Um, the Bishop and Cabinet of the North Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church has recently shared with folks in leadership uh, that Eastside will be receiving a new pastor in July and that our current pastor, Tavares, will be appointed to a different congregation within the conference. As you may or may not know, the United Methodist Church uses what's called an itinerant system for appointing pastors. Each conference's bishop consults with other denominational leaders at the district, the local level, to appoint pastors to local churches. Our bishop, Robin Deese, and our district superintendent, Byron Thomas, are responsible for determining what moves will best support the changing needs of both pastors and the congregations that they serve, including Eastside. Pastor Tavares will continue to serve here through the end of June, and our new pastor will join in July. As our congregation prepares for these upcoming changes, members of Eastside's Staff Parish Relations Committee want to share directly with you what we think are several really important details. There are three of them. First and foremost, um, we want to express gratitude for Pastor T's ministry at Eastside over this past year. His many gifts, and there are many, in preaching and teaching and strategic visioning and spiritual formation have been a blessing for our community and they will be dearly missed. I was thinking about that a lot even this morning, Pastor T and the gifts that you've shared with us so often and so well. Prior to his moving to his next appointment within the conference, we'll have some opportunities to more formally thank Pastor T for his work and his ministry here at Eastside. So please be on the lookout for some additional information in the weeks ahead. Second, we want to share some important details about who our next pastor will be. In July, Eastside will welcome the Reverend Elaine Puckett. Elaine is a retired United Methodist elder in full connection within the North Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church, and she'll serve Eastside full-time. However, her ministry here will be a bit unique. Elaine is being appointed as an interim minister and will be with us for only a single year. Each of us will have many opportunities to get to know Pastor Elaine better in the weeks and months ahead, but she has written a brief message to be shared with our congregation now, this morning, as a way of introducing herself and the unique ministry that she brings. I'm gonna read just that brief paragraph here verbatim. Elaine writes, I am what is called an endorsed transitional interim ministry specialist. This means I have particular training in helping churches chart a path forward in times of transition created by special circumstances or unanticipated change. My appointments are always for a predetermined period of time, in this case for one year. 
Our goal will be to create space for Eastside to discern God's calling for this congregation and the most, most faithful ways of living into that calling. At the close of our time together, a new permanent pastor will be appointed. I have worked in this capacity since 2011 and have served multiple interim appointments in varied contexts throughout North Georgia. I appreciate our district superintendent's willingness to deploy me in this capacity and look forward to our year together, end quote. Third and finally, members of SPR want the congregation to know that we are eager to begin this process of discernment that Elaine has described in her message. And we believe that the year ahead can be a fruitful and generative season in the life of our church. We invite each and every person who calls Eastside home to lean into this community and to trust that God has already been and will continue to do amazing and surprising things in our midst. I was thinking when Pastor T was talking about testimony this morning that we would show up perhaps in the year ahead with each of our testimonies, bring that with us and share with one another what it is that God has done and is doing and what we hope God will continue to do here. Please know that this discernment process is intended to be dynamic and reflective of Eastside's identity and core values. Each of you will be invited to participate in charting what this year ahead will look like and to help the church identify and to fully live into our core values. Friends, I know that this news uh, is surprising for many of us. Um, and so I want to end with uh, an invitation, a heartfelt invitation um, for further dialogue and for conversation. Um, myself as chair of SPR and Troy Kyber, who leads our administrative council, will both be here at the front of the uh, church in a couple of moments. We invite you to come uh, and to bring your questions, your concerns. We want to hear your feedback um, and want to be as transparent and open uh, about what the year ahead will look like as we can be. Um, please do also know that there are uh, many members of our SPR council who would be happy to connect with you in whatever way you prefer and at whatever time um, is good for you. Um, those folks, and I think almost everyone is here this morning, um, Rachel uh, Delashmet, Katie Farmer, Chelsea Goins, uh, Jeremy Hewitt, who I don't believe is here today, um, Eileen Howard, who's visiting family, um, Nick Tippins, and Robert Vore. Um, we're all available and all eager to speak with you. Um, friends, with that, um, is it time for a dismissal, Pastor T? Should I turn it back over to you? I didn't think about this moment. Um, <laughs> would you like to issue a, a blessing for us? Um, see you soon. Dave, thank you. Um, SPR, thank you. Eastside family, um, thank you for thank you for this time and these experiences. Um, this is a bit of a different benediction, surely. Um, and in this moment, as I believe many of us have been doing um, on a daily basis, I always say this is a time to continue to trust God to continue to 
lean into prayer, to continue to lean into one another, um, to continue to always look for the markers of grace that are around us. Um, and as we walk into this moment, this moment of benediction, I kind of find it interesting. You know, a lot of times when we get to the benediction, and I'll kind of open up my thought about it a little bit, I always try to not look at it as, as a cursory moment of prayer. That's kind of like a stamp that's just put on at the end of the service. Because the benediction is also a key reminder to keep living into everything that God has stirred up in us while we're gathered together to live into who we're called to be as the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And as I am thankful for the experiences we have had together in doing that and that we will continue to have until, um, until June arrives. I know that God's walking with us as we walk out of the door. I know that God's gonna greet us in different ways and conversations. And I'm thankful that God has greeted me and my family through your presence here within this year. So there will be more words to say at the appropriate time. But if we all could at this moment, let us lean to God, let us look to God as we walk into this moment of benediction. God, we, even in moments like this, are thankful for you. Thankful for the fact that you are walking with us. Thankful for the fact that um, it's your grace that really does make all things possible. And so God, as we walk out of this service today, I'm simply asking that in ways that only you can, that, that you lift us and that you remind us of the beauty of this journey together, that you help us to continue embracing um, the unexpected blessings that also come when unexpected moments come upon us. We, we thank you, God, for, for the way that you are even here in this moment, this minute, this second. And I just ask God that as every family goes forth, that we go forth knowing that you are walking with us, that we go forth knowing that your goodness and your mercy were following us before we entered this earth reality, and they're following us right now, Lord God. We ask that we are able to go forth knowing, Lord, that your light is ultimately enfolding all of us. So God, bless and protect us. Shine your face upon us and be gracious to us. Show us your favor and give us peace. We're thankful that your name has been placed upon us. And we ask that you keep blessing each of us to be a blessing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. And family, let us go in love and go in peace. God bless you. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's message and we look forward to connecting with you soon. If you'd like to experience our full church services, you can find them at youtube.com slash eastsidechurchatl. 
And if you'd like to support the work we're doing here at Eastside, you can find our giving portal at our website, eastsideatl.org. Be well.